This is a podcast by The Straits Times. This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, China's President Xi Jinping and the Communist Party of China, the CCP, have hitched their legitimacy and credibility to eradicating absolute poverty in China. And these efforts have been huge. Close to 3 million party cadres have been deployed to villages around the country to help poor families. My colleague in China, Dan Chong, visited an area in Sichuan province where 6,600 residents of one county alone moved to new government-built apartments from remote mountain villages. Of course, President Xi's face is also all over the place. There are slogans exhorting all these relocated people to be grateful to the CCP. At a time of increasing international pressure, some say blowback from overreach as China is more aggressive. All this is also designed to beef up President Xi's image. And on November the 23rd, Guizhou province announced that its last nine impoverished counties had been lifted out of poverty. And that apparently officially marks the end of absolute poverty in China. Now, Beijing's poverty line is set at an annual income of about 4,000 yuan, or about 15% lower than the World Bank's international standard of 1.90 US dollars a day. To look at this a little more critically, I'm joined today by Professor Yu Xiaohua, who is Chair of Agricultural Economics in Developing and Transition Countries at the University of Göttingen in Germany, and the Straits Times China correspondent, my colleague, Dansen Chong in Beijing. Professor Yu, Dansen. Welcome to Asian Insider. Thank you for making time. Thank you very much Thank for you, your yeah. invitation. It's so how real is this shift out of poverty, Professor Yu? Is this a case of merely shifting rural poor into urban housing where they still need to be subsidized by other provinces and the government? How sustainable is this? I mean, do they remain poor, uh, albeit they have services, of course, such as schools and healthcare? Could you walk us a little bit through the realities of this, Professor? Poverty is a really, uh, I, I would call that is the, uh, the cancer for human society. So from 2013, China took the, the very radical or political campaign and also tried to uh, remove all uh, absolute poverty by 2020 because that's a very important also ambitious uh, political agenda. Uh, particularly after she uh, took uh, the position of the Chinese president from 2013. This is a very important political slogan. Chinese central government, also party machine, really appreciate, uh, uh, had a very strong political pressure on local governments and on local officials, all dimensions. They must reach the political goals by 2020. So that is very important gift for the 100 year uh, anniversary for the Communist Party of China. So I also think that even many, uh, a few years ago, I thought this political goal will be reached. So a few reasons. One is because the China, now the government had a lot of resources could reach that. The second reason that really Chinese government uh, pushed very hard forward. So, uh, it's not a surprise th to reach here. So I would say that even the Chinese government has uh, had a lot of uh, measures to 
uh, to move people out of poverty. Danson, uh, you've been on a couple of these trips, I think, and, and one must clarify that they are, I think, government-sponsored trips, right? So do, they, do the people who have been relocated, do they have any agency in the matter of shifting? I mean, shed some light on what the shift is like for them as human beings, because it is a huge cultural shift as well, of course. You've referred to customs of some ethnic groups which the CCP considers backward and so forth. Tell us a little bit about all mm. that. Well, well, sure. I, I, I think the first thing we have to say is that, um, it, you know, like you mentioned, uh, China is 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 uh, going on sort of a publicity kind of blitz uh, now that it it's it's uh, nearing you know this this its goal of uh, eradicating poverty. So it's organized a bunch of these um, visits to to some of these uh, poverty alleviation projects. Um, for many of these people, I have to say, um, they, they, it's it's. It's something, uh, the initiative is something I think that, that really does improve their lives um, in a very tangible way. You know, officials, uh, you, you know, that I've spoken to always say that it's not some, uh, when it comes to relocation, it's not something that they impose on, on villages or on people. Um, but I, I think for the majority of, of them, it's something that uh, is, is, I think, quite welcomed. Right? We have to remember that, you know, for a lot of these people, they might be living in, um, very uh, isolated or remote uh, mountain villages. Uh, you know, it's a hard scrabble, uh, isolated life. And, you know, coming in, into these uh, urban communities where, you know, they are provided uh, jobs and training um, and, uh, you know, where their children can go to schools, they have access to running water, uh, you know, it's, it's, it improves lives, I think, in, in a way that uh, it's very hard for, for urban people like us to understand. I think there's a tendency to want to romanticize, you know, rustic uh, rural living. But I think for many of these rural folk, it, it, it was a very, very hard life. Um, there are some cultural adjustments uh, that need to be, uh, that I think uh, officials say they need to, um, they, they have to spend some effort, you know, trying to, 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 to uh, help th these people. Um, uh, so, for example, things like, uh, you know, they have to tell them that you can't just sit uh, anywhere, you know, you have to sit on a, you can't sit on the floor, you have to sit on a chair, you can't spit as and where you want. Um, and, you know, there's some sort of cultural practices that they, they, they uh, I think uh, some, some of these Communist Party officials think are backward, you know, like uh, um, paying excessive amounts of uh, dowry, you know, and th things like that. And I think they, they try and um, uh, they say they spend a lot of effort to, to try and educate uh, some of these uh, rural folk. But I think by and large, uh, a lot of them do do welcome this move. So, uh, just a quick follow up to that, Danson. Uh, when when you say training and job creation and whatnot, what kind of jobs typically do these people do? What kind of training do they get, and what kind of jobs do they do? Okay, so it, it, it varies. Um, sometimes, uh, if, for instance, uh, the land that they uh, the, the old land that they used to farm uh, in these uh, in their old villages uh, might get collectively uh, sort of rented to an agricultural cooperative, and then uh, you know they might you know take uh, this larger plot and farm it more efficiently, you know, grow apples and peppercorns and and what have you. And some of these people uh, employed uh, as you know to pick crops, uh, plant crops, uh, and things like that. Um, but you also have. Um, uh, these sort of job centers and, 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 and uh, in some of these larger communities that, that I've seen uh, where they, you know, teach them stuff about uh, how to uh, 
become nannies or, 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 or uh, housekeepers, uh, things like that. A lot of, a lot of these uh, initiatives are focused on uh, women uh, and, and, or, or maybe the, the older uh, villagers because a lot of the young men, they end up uh, traveling to other provinces to, where they work as migrant workers. Dr. Yu, what happens to areas that are somewhat depopulated as a result of this, ship, uh, of this shift? Do some or a lot of the population remain in rural, rural villages and is there still sort of rural poverty there? How long, how much more do we have to go to really make a substantial difference in their lives? Or are there some in the villages that are doing okay, perhaps through tourism? You know, uh, Danson has mentioned the, the famous Cliff Village, which everybody around the world is familiar with from the pictures on the internet. So tell us a little bit about what happens to these areas after the rural population is relocated. What happens to them? Of course, the conservation and the development are always uh, is uh, contradictory. Uh, uh, we need to make a trade, trade off uh, with that. As of course, Denzel already mentioned that. So most of people welcome this change because really this improves their life and move them from uh, the very, uh, maybe in the, this remote primitive society to a modern society. Of course, they change their cultures and also change their habits, but that is uh, the, the the development. We uh, should keep uh, somehow, of course, uh, lo local officials know uh, how to, we should keep some of the, 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 the good side of these traditional uh, tra traditions. But uh, still, most of the people welcome uh, these changes. I also uh, conduct a lot of research in many regions for such a poverty reduction projects. Uh, at least I would say 99% of the local people in rural areas uh, support that. Real credit for Xi Jinping. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of optics about it. But is this going to be President Xi's showcase achievement? We're talking about a big year next year for China. Well, yes, I, I think you're, you're, you're right in pointing out that you know, he's made a big deal of, of eradicating poverty, you know, since he came to power. It's been one of his personal uh, signature policies, uh, eradicating poverty. And like like you mentioned uh, at the start of, of, of this uh, session, you know, uh, he's become, I think, this very visible face of this uh, poverty alleviation effort. Every home that uh, I've been to, I've seen, there's a poster of, of President Xi. He's been very intentional about showing himself as a man of the people, right? often, uh, you know, uh, portrayed visiting rural villages, inspecting uh, some of these uh, poverty alleviation efforts, um, you know, saying things like nobody will be left behind. So, you know, he's become very, this this very visible face of this uh, anti-poverty campaign. Um, and I think the, the result, is, it's given him a large base of rural support and also something to, to something that Chinese leaders trumpet uh, both domestically and, uh, and, and international summits and, and conferences, you know, they always say that, um, uh, you know, in the last 40 years, China has lifted some uh, 700 million plus people out of poverty. So it's something that I think has given him uh, quite a bit of credibility and legitimacy. Dr. Yu, perhaps a last quick closing remark from you, 30 seconds we have left. What is your main takeaway? China appears to have done it. 
What is your takeaway? Okay, so I, I, the, I think the most uh, important thing is now China economic grow very fast. So if a normal people, if we are without, uh, you have a normal labor uh, force, you could uh, easily reach this poverty line for thousand yuan. For example, in uh, in urban areas, so even you do anything, you can easily get 150 yuan per day. So you just work 30 days already uh, over that poverty line. So that's not a problem. The problems in the future, one thing is how to make the project sustainable to take care of the, the sickness the sickness of and the older people. The second thing is to uh, to poverty is not only about the absolute poverty. So solve the absolute pro uh, problem, just the first step of the poverty uh, alleviation. So in the future, how to uh, solve the uh, relative poverty and make the society more harmonious. So because in China, the inequality is very high to make a society more equal and uh, more harmonized. I think that is the next challenge for the uh, Chinese government, also for the party and also for President Xi. Very critical point. Thank you for that. Professor Yu Xiaohua and Danson Chong, thank you very much for joining us today. Definitely a fascinating and very important story out of China, the elimination of abject poverty. Quite a feat. Do check out Danson Chong's stories in The Straits Times this weekend. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Kosh. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.